Hey everyone, Ryan O'Reilly here. I'm just speaking to you really quickly to plug our recent Ko-Fi episode where we reviewed the latest Haunted Mansion movie, the one that just came out starring Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield, and Owen Wilson. You can check that out at our Ko-Fi, so ko-fi.com slash unbuiltpod. You can purchase it for $1, or if you'd like, you can just subscribe to one of our tiers and get all those bonus episodes. We talk about the, our thoughts on the movie, or rather my thoughts, because Ryan Dorman did refuse to see it. We also talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer and all sorts of other movies. Do check it out. Anyways, I'll let you guys get back to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and friends. Friends are there. To help you get started, to give you a push on your way. Warning, friends may ask for millions of dollars to build a Garfield theme park and never pay you back. Friends are there. To turn you around, get your feet on the ground for a brand new day. Friends may also promise you a unique Garfield restaurant, but only serve pizza, coffee, and have abhorrent customer service. They'll pick you up when you're down. Help you swallow your pride when something inside's got to break on through to the other side. Friends may never swallow their pride. Friends are someone you can open up to. Don't open up to them. When you feel like you're ready to flip. When you've got the world on your shoulders. Friends are there to give you a tip. They will steal your money. Friends are there when you need them. They're even there when you go. Friends will likely abandon you with heavy debt. For a walk in the park, for a shot in the dark. Friends are there. They're not there. I don't care. But friends will they won't. So if someone wants you to change the channel, kids, just say no. Change the channel. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host Ryan Dorman. Today we're oh, joined. Well. Hey, <laughs> today we are uh, gl- so glad to be joined by author, artist, and Garfield expert Ryan Estrada. So that makes three Ryans in this. All uh, Ryans, yeah. <laughs> in this today, um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Ready to talk some Garfield. Ready to talk some Garfield. I think uh, we all are. And uh, thankfully, we're not recording this on a Monday. And it's not being released on a Monday <laughs> either. So uh, he would be very happy about that. Um, uh, before we get into uh, your familiarity with Garfield, I do have to ask my co-host, uh, what is your familiarity with the the uh, the cat? Yeah, Garfield is probably where I learned to read, honestly. Um, My Barnes & Noble, right, started stocking those big three-packs of the Mm -hmm. Garfield collections. Yeah. Um, And that just became, like, my reading material (laughs) for many, (laughs) many years when I was younger. So, yeah, I've just been – I'm super familiar with Garfield. For some reason, I had this big obsession with it when I was younger. But unfortunately, uh, for the Garfield enthusiast here in the room, my Garfield was like the Garfield show on Cartoon Network. (laughs) (laughs) I think France, right? And uh, Garfield uh, gets real. Garfield oh Pet gosh. Force. So those, I wasn't really those, operating with the best information. Yeah, those awful <laughs> CGI abominations. Uh, yeah, that's I, right. I grew up on Garfield and Friends, and so I, I had the good stuff. But uh, anyways, um, uh, Mr. Estrada, I just want to know, um, so um, let, tell us more about yourself and uh, exactly how you got into being a Garfield expert. Uh, oh, I'm a Garfield expert now. Excellent. I'm just here to talk yeah. Garfield. But if we're going to label me an expert, then I'm putting that in my business cards now, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I am I'm a cartoonist. Uh, I've been making comics since I was a baby, since before I could talk. Like, my mom jokes that I learned to talk so I could tell people I was going to be a professional cartoonist. And uh, at that time, I was obsessed with Garfield. That's what I read all the time. And, um, and then I, I kept, like, I kept trying to get 
work. And when I was six years old, I decided it was time to go pro. Uh, and I wrote to all the local newspapers and I sent uh, submission packets of my comics. And one of them, a local newspaper, sent me a, a very nice uh, letter that said they're going to keep my work on file. Just like the very polite way to blow off a kid. But I like at that, I'm six years old. I'm like, my work's on file. Like as soon as Jim Davis dies, I'm in. Um, so, so I was like, just waiting for that day. And then I finally, uh, they hired, I kept bothering them until they hired me when I was, uh, 16, 10 years later. And, uh, because my only life experience had been reading Garfield, the first comic I got published was a, about an orange cat who's too lazy to chase mice. Uh, it's the worst ripoff of Garfield ever, but, uh, it got published. And then, um, Hey, I remember a period where, uh, I, done my comic i got a little bit older and i was reading like i i I had a garfield collection like my room was like every garfield item you could possibly buy uh probably like looked like the room they might have in paws inc of all the merch but i like had gotten it all as gifts i had every single book and i I remember a day i was reading like the latest one and i'm like man garfield isn't as funny as it used to be i'm gonna go back a few volumes and i go back i'm like oh it wasn't funny then either i go back (laughs) i get back to volume one and i'm like oh no Oh no, Garfield was never funny. What have I done with my life? <laughs> and so I was like, avoided Garfield for a long time. But then um, years later, only a few years ago, I got invited to actually draw an official Garfield comic. And so I went to research and started reading Garfield again and like appreciating it again. Like after my teenage rebellion against Garfield, and being like, I, I, I understand what this is. And I got to, I got to, um, bring back a lot of characters that hadn't appeared in the strip for a year. Like I, I got to be one of the first people to draw linemen in a comic in decades. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I got to bring back all sorts of characters that people don't even remember, like Frank the Flea. Apparently, there's like eight different characters named Frank because he kept naming characters Frank and then forgetting about them. There's Frank the <laughs> Flea, Frank the Neighbor, John's old roommate Frank. I got to bring back uh, both of Garfield's grandparents. And uh, because another thing, he had introduced Garfield's grandfather and then forgotten about it, introduced his grandfather again, a completely different model. <laughs> so I, I made it canon that those are separate characters. And uh, so I, I got to actually do something official and, uh, and, and had a lot of fun. And wow. Reignited oh. my interest in Garfield. That's a long yeah. answer for what's your opinion about Garfield. But. <laughs> uh, that's really, really cool. Uh, I just uh, want to know, have you seen the leaked uh, concept art for the upcoming Chris Pratt Garfield movie? I've seen the the character images. If there's something else to come out recently, yeah, that's know. what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I just want to know what your mm, opinion yeah. on that because it's a it's a different take. It's definitely a different take. I mean, every uh, Garfield movie is a wildly different take, and all of them are yes. pretty weird. So I think it's going to be pretty standard for what's going on. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if it's going to be the greatest cinematic achievement, but it's following up, like as you mentioned. Garfield gets real and Garfield's pet force and uh, Garfield the movie. So I don't know if it's it's got a lot to live up to as far as Garfield cinematic adaptations. Mm-hmm. Well, they were going to make one in the, I believe, the late 80s, early 90s called Garfield's Judgment Day. So it's going to be oh, like yeah. this weird, dark musical. And uh, if you want to check out about it, uh, there's this great podcast called How Did This Not Get Made? And they cover that entire movie. Uh, it's It sounded pretty bizarre. They made it into a graphic novel back then. But uh, I yeah, it. I remember that. That would have been that would have been definitely interesting because <laughs> we never we never really got to see uh, like a Garfield traditional animated movie, like really like smooth animation. Um, so I would have loved to see that, but uh, I guess if we have to have the uh, CGI Garfield, then mm. it's as good as it gets, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, today we are here to talk about an unbuilt Garfield amusement park. Uh, without further ado, uh, let us jump into our main topic. But first, this. <laughs> right here we are for our main topic which is garfield's american adventure and uh we're obviously going to start right at the start with some brief history aspiring cartoonist jim davis started a comic strip titled norm nat in 1973 which ran in only one newspaper his local indiana rag the pendleton times 
As the title would suggest, the strip was about a gnat named Norm. The strip failed to be syndicated because nobody was very interested in a comic strip about bugs. If you haven't seen Norm Nat, it's uh, definitely like uh, got that Garfield spirit, young spirit, but it's uh, pretty rough around the edges. Uh, in 1975, Davis ended Norm Nat, and in January 1976, debuted John, a strip about a struggling cartoonist. Of course, they write what you know. This, however, had a twist. John had a pet cat with fat, chubby cheeks named Garfield, who would quietly roast John via Thought Bubble. Jim Davis had the idea when he noticed there weren't enough cat stars in the comic strips. And there in the show notes, you could see that first comic of John, and it's it's so bizarre. Uh, John Arbuckle looks like a Muppet. That's all mm, I can... Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's pretty much um like a, a different take on the first Garfield comic, and like he has um Garfield has these big puffy cheeks. Uh, you know what it reminds me of, Dorman? We just covered a racer head. Reminds me of the lady in the radiator, <laughs> the chubby cheeks. That's that is an incredible comparison. The yeah. the first Garfield comic and the the lady from the radiator. The radiator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as the strips went on, this character of Garfield evolved and became more and more popular, eventually forcing the strip to be retitled Garfield. In March 1978, Garfield was removed from the Pendleton Times as Jim Davis revised the script to be brought to nation brought to nationwide syndication. On June 19th, a star was born, and you can see where it eventually ended up three years later uh, as uh, the strip is retooled. Um, Garfield was not just an instant success, he was also a merchandising goldmine. The strip would evolve to form the more slimmed-down cat, as we all know today, which made him perfect to stick on windows, one of the myriad of products that earned Paws, Inc., Davis's corporate feline monolith, fifteen million dollars a year by 1981 alone. And I don't know, did either of you two uh, ever see one of these in the wild? The Garfield stick-on. Oh, of course, mm. that whole collection of them at home. Nice. My uh, my pa- uh, parents had them as uh, when they were dating. They would st- stick them on like the back of the windshield all the time. Uh, my my t- collection went deep. I I even had uh, original. Uh, drawings from some of the animated specials oh that's awesome uh any of the cells from the uh was the it was the drawing i didn't have the cells but i had the drawings that they traced onto the cells i had uh one of each character from uh the halloween special Nice. That's awesome. Uh, in 1988, Garfield had produced thousands of strips, a half dozen TV specials, and a brand new television series, Garfield and Friends, was starting to air on Saturday mornings. Kids all around the world could enjoy the ga- antics of Garfield, the fat, lazy cat who hates Mondays, loves lasagnas, and barely tolerates his dorky, lovelorn owner, John. His fellow pet slash frenemy, Odie the dog, his girlfriend, Arlene, his irritatingly adorable nemesis, Normal, and very other animal critters in his life. The dulcet, monotone tones of Lorenzo music perfectly encapsulated the thoughts of our favorite cat. Milk, milk, where's the milk? Oh, thanks. I'm making your Abraham Lincoln's birthday birthday cake. Leave the beard off this time, will you, John? Yoo-hoo. Hello. The lights are on, but nobody's home. I While John's reciting his vowels, I'm going to go get a piece of watermelon. Who ate all my watermelon? They could have at least left me the seeds. At this time, Jim Davis was asked about moving Garfield into the theme parks. His reaction was this. I would never touch it. Never. I'd always be comparing anything we did to the master, the ultimate, to Disney. That's that's what you say every day, isn't it, Dorman? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I live my life, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> five years later, in 1993, GRP Development Corp. crafted a division called Enter Sightment, dedicated to developing 530 acres just 40 miles outside of Indianapolis in Hendricks County. The project was called Entercitement City, which was to be a vacation destination in the Midwest containing golf courses, a water park, several hotels, a shopping district, and at the heart of it all, Garfield's Universe. And you can see that in the show notes, this is the general concept of it. And in this variation, the park was to feature a main section with a Garfield-themed area and two bordering sections themed after General Americana. 
in these areas, such as Heritage and Midwest Expo, standard flat rides would accompany a wooden roller coaster, go-karts, and a log float. Of course, the main attraction would be the Garfield Town Square, resembling whatever charming Midwestern, likely Indiana town that John Arbuckle lives in with his pets. Mm. And of course, this being uh, Jim Davis's uh, home state, uh, that is why they are, you know, wanting to use Garfield for this. It's a similar thing to which the, they have camp. They used to have Camp Snoopy in the Mall of America because that's where Charles Schultz grew up. Attractions included a character carousel, Arbuckle's picnic coaster, which was like a family coaster, a dark ride called Garfield's Extreme Adventure, a stage show hosting a Garfield musical review, an Odie tongue slide, Irma's Diner, a gift shop, and of course, Mama Leone's Pizzeria, where Garfield was born and learned of his love of lasagna. In 1995, the park was renamed the Garfield's American Adventure, folding in the fat cat to the rest of the lands, but keeping his general central town square. The cost was now $120 million, and Paul's Inc. was all in on making sure the details were right. At Paws Inc.'s headquarters, there was a dedicated planning room to the park, and Jim Davis wanted full creative control down to the trash cans. Later on in the 90s, Custom Coasters International even received an order to construct what they called the Garfield Wooden Roller Coaster. <laughs> and the coaster would have been 3,230 feet long, with a max height of 81 feet and reached speeds of 50 miles per hour. They truly were ready to party. We're, we're ready. Ready. Two, two, party! We're ready to party, we're ready! Yeah. I hope you bring lots of spaghetti. I'm scared. Come on in, come to the place where fun never ends. Come on in, it's time to party with Garfield and friends. Uh, and then, so what are you guys' main thoughts on this so far? Does it sound like appetizing? No, it's hard to tell with, with anything Garfield because it seems like Jim Davis has two modes. Like, Garfield was specifically made, like you said, he made Norm the Nat and realized, oh, bugs don't sell. I need to make something that sells. Mm -hmm. So he specifically designed something to be marketable and flexible. Like, you know, Garfield has a personality. He has a world. But also, like, if a, if someone's like, I want to make Garfield a basketball player in this one. He's like, yeah, sure, fine. Draw him as a basketball right. player. Um, so, like, there are things that he's passionate about and that he cares about. And then that because Garfield was thought of as marketing first, not that that's a bad thing, but because that's what was in his mind, he attracts a lot of business people that have business uh, first and don't really understand what Garfield is. Um, so like, you know, it, it, it cracked me up when I heard that it was called, uh, was it called Entercitement, you said? Entercitement. The, the yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you guys familiar with Garfield Eats? The yes. restaurant. I, yes. I, I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His his whole thing, like he called himself the king of intergagement. So like yes, these are two right. very yes. similar, <laughs> very similar businessmen that like don't really understand what Garfield is, but they're like, hey, I, I have a business. That's a famous face. I can I can pay to slap it on there. So if Jim Davis was interested, he might have made it uh, great. If it was like one of those where he just says like whatever you can do it, then it might uh, be absolute nonsense. Cause I'm sure you're going to get to later. Some of the other theme park attractions that weren't great, but mm, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Our, our buckles picnic coaster makes me a little afraid. Cause I'm like, do you not understand <laughs> the appeal of like, is Arbuckle the most famous name in, in that? Like I know who John Arbuckle is, but do like general people know what John's last name is? Mm. I don't know. The kids are that familiar with Arbuckle. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it feels like. Looking at this, uh, there's a weird contrast between Garfield is a amorphous advertising blob that can be put onto anything, and the uh, dedication to put Irma's Diner, which mm -hmm. even beyond like John, Odie, uh, even Liz, right? Those are at least in the major films. Irma's Diner is yeah. something I remember as a kid reading in the comic books and feeling like I'd been warped back to a different, a completely <laughs> different story. Um, so yeah, there's this weird hybrid of Garfield can be in anything. This is essentially seemingly like Main Street USA in that town square, the town square, except it's Garfield, Garfield instead of just pure Americana. Um, but alternatively, you're going to Irma's Diner. I don't know. Um, there's a park in North Carolina, Carowinds, right? That, yes. Does that still have peanut stuff, Ryan? Yes, it still has peanut stuff, yeah. Because there's the Woodstock roller coaster, if I remember Woodstock correctly. Woodstock Express, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it is very weird because Woodstock is a little yellow tiny bird, and the coaster <laughs> is this massive... <laughs> 
Oh, it's not that massive. All right, relative to you, maybe I was like I was like eleven when I saw it, so maybe everything was massive at that point. But um, it was bigger than it was bigger than you one would expect, right? And I think you can sometimes run into things like that, like the Arbuckle's picnic coaster, where there is a character and there is a coaster, but I'm not sure anybody knew how to interweave the two of those. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fascinating. There's parts of this that feel like knots, but with Garfield, and there's parts of this that feel like Garfield, the cat that's on every school book fair yeah. poster and just mm-hmm. is there to be a familiar brand. Funny you should mention knots. Uh this is not uh, 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 this is not in my show notes, but mm. there is a time after this all fell apart where do you remember when we did that Knott's Berry Farm episode 2 years ago? Uh which ride? It was a Knott's Berry Farm where we talked about all the expansion opportunities that Knott's was looking at. Yes, a long time ago. This Two site ago, was one, this site was one of the sites that they were looking at. After it all oh. fell apart, they were like, hmm, maybe there. And they decided not to do it, which mm. was I, I discovered that when doing the research. It was like, well, that's kind of funny and fun, but uh, it's not really doesn't make any sense in our story here. But once you mentioned <laughs> knots, I couldn't not uh, bring it up. Uh, but yeah, I want to uh, point out something yeah. real quick that you were just talking about how deep a cut uh, Irma is. I looked up on a Garfield search engine. You said this would happen in 1993. She did not appear in a single strip in 1993. Oh wow, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> usually, are there a couple years where she was in like it must have been in a storyline because there's like twenty strips, but usually she's in there either zero or one time a year. Uh, <laughs> deep can cut. you explain what the value of what what value does Irma add to Garfield? As a it's kid, a, I always liked it because they ate food, and I guess that was well, a Garfield the, thing. The, but the, so the joke I always thought that Irma's diner is the most greasy spoon of greasy spoon diners ever, and mm. it was just kind of disgusting to eat at. Mm. And it's kind of like um, at Universal, they have the Simpsons restaurants, which on the show are like kind of portrayed to be kind of like sleazy and bad. Yeah. But of course, it's a theme park. So it actually has to be like something that people want to eat and yeah. kind of like that contradiction. Uh, I don't know, uh, Estrada, uh, what, what's your uh, recollection of what Irma's supposed to represent? Well, I think just literally every comic strip ever made has that same character. They <laughs> also have like a. Uh, like usually it's like a a hairy man in an apron with a like heart tattoo uh, yeah. that lives yeah. in like eight different strips. But there they're just like, hey, let's uh, you know equal opportunity. Let's make the terrible chef character <laughs> a woman. And he was need right? jokes about a restaurant. We can flash to that. I mean, Garfield only has like three characters, uh, or four, I guess yeah. Liz is the major character now. There's like four characters that have stuck around, and everyone else has kind of disappeared. But Irma's hanging on; she's still sticking around. Let's That's be honest: it's, if it's a, a diner where your cat can just sit on the stool and eat alongside, yeah. it's probably not that very that hygienic, sense. anyways. Yeah. That's the thing is, when I was younger, obviously I wasn't uh, informed by a lot of what Garfield would become, which is the the main three casts: uh, Liz and perhaps Normal, if you're being fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was young. I always thought Lyman and Irma really frightened me almost because it was so it, they were so it was like world building in a way that I didn't anticipate from something I knew of mm-hmm. uh, uh, how familiar I was with Garfield. So I suppose in a way, right, like the both of you are saying, it's just a greasy spoon diner and it kind of fleshes out the world of, of John Arbuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, putting them into a theme park, though, is a fascinating idea. Yeah. And especially a theme park that's so like, we're going to create the world of Garfield, where it's like the rule in a strip is nobody's allowed to draw backgrounds, like no backgrounds, just <laughs> that one little, that one little triangle shape in the first panel, no shape in the second panel, triangle shape going the opposite way in the third panel and a line to make the table. That's the background. That's all you're allowed to put. But then he's like, we need to make this world so immersive. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of shocked that like you have these like air, other areas and there's no, uh, you know, it would be pretty easy is to insert US acres somewhere here. But yeah. uh, no, nobody cares about the friends in Garfield and friends. <laughs> uh, although US acres did recently make a cameo appearance. I believe, um, uh, one of the characters, at least Hort uh, Orson, Orson the pig, did make a recent cameo appearance on Garfield. I, I, I'm in a Discord server that has a Garfield bot that just pastes all the new uh, strips. <laughs> and mostly we like take into account how many times in a week they like have a donut. 
represented and like we just kind of like dissect it through that um so like uh, i'm kind of up to date on like all the recent uh garfield incomings uh uh, funny you should mention lyman by the way uh i used to collect the garfield books and i know there's an anniversary book that hints that lyman is lyman's skeleton is in john's closet basement i believe it was yeah it's in his basement that's it uh which is probably one of the weirdest darkest things i've ever seen jim davis approve in the garfield universe uh i would love to see if that is like um in garfield's extreme adventure if that was like a (laughs) hidden thing and it's lyman's skeleton um (laughs) that could be the spooky part um yeah Anyways, uh, why wasn't it not built? So while ground was broken in 1996, GRP had issues securing financing. Enter Sightment filed for bankruptcy after several project delays in the wake of 9-11, and several contractors sued the park, claiming they were owed millions for the already performed site work, and investors also sued, and it was revealed Enter Sightment owed over $160,000 in back taxes. Uh, We were talking about Garfield Eats. Uh, I don't know what it is about shady dealings and Garfield, but wow, it just really really goes like uh flies on honey huh uh all this was settled until all this wasn't settled until a bankruptcy settlement was agreed upon in 2004 area investors purchased the land for 8.4 million stating they wanted to build a racetrack on the site this plan also never materialized and the area continues to sit abandoned Jim Davis moved on quickly, selling the rights to his characters to Kennywood and Lake Compounds, the former installing a Garfield dark ride called Garfield's Nightmare, taking the place of the former old mill. It was notably terrible and awful. Dorman, have you ridden this ride? Uh, I think you're in the area, right? Does it still exist? It does not, no. When did it close? It closed uh, in 2019. Oh my! It was open that late. Yes, it I was. knew. I knew it existed. I I did not know it was still open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been the Kennywood, well, right? Still open before? Or... I don't believe so. You know, okay, because it is. Uh, it's near you. Um, hmm. Yeah, because it, it's one of those Pennsylvania theme parks. Well, where, uh, if I may, divert the conversation. Where in Pennsylvania is it? West Mifflin. West Mifflin. Mm-hmm. West Mifflin. Yeah. Oh, that's like. That is not anywhere near me. That's not okay. It's four it's and a half okay. hours away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but, yeah. Go ahead. I've never ridden this ride, but I have watched the Defunct Land episode about mm. it. It's fascinating. Yes. Great. And uh, one of, one of my my favorite details is that the reason it's not good is because the creators told or the the park told them you're not allowed to make it very good because we don't have the infrastructure to have enough people ride it. Yeah. So there's only one boat. <laughs> So make it interesting, but don't make it good enough that there's going to be a line because, like, we'll get in trouble with the fire department if the line's too long. So <laughs> they, had, they specifically had to make it not that good. And also um, the, the other concern is that ride is apparently uh, mostly used for local teens to uh, try and get frisky uh, because it's a dark ride. So they have to, like, the first thing you pass is a window where a security guard shows you all the cameras to make sure you, to warn you you're not supposed to, you know, uh, get freaky in the Carfield dark ride. And yet <laughs> Kevin Perger got all these emails revealing that people did it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that part fascinates me because, like, I have a lot of... I know we live in a crazy world where people do crazy things, but I, I could not do that. I couldn't keep my energy up while looking at Garfield. <laughs> and the creepiest Garfield like uh, things ever. I mean, the whole idea was yeah. it was his nightmare. So you're like viewing these uh, horrifying visions that he's having of like this fish eating him and like the kitchen utensils and stuff like that coming to life and mice like cooking up cat stew. Uh, it's, I just can't imagine it, but whatever. It was also supposed to be like in like this weird, like color stereoscopic thing. And, uh, it was just really, really terrible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's unfortunately it's gone now. Um, and I believe that's like the, really the only example of a Garfield immersive experience, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> uh, today Garfield still enjoys a presence in Idaho of all places at Silverwood theme park. Recently, Viacom purchased Paws Inc., meaning that the Nickelodeon Universe Parks could also use the iconic Tubby Cat. They have yet to do so, but maybe they're working to revive Garfield's universe. Maybe, maybe not. 
But this is the time where we go into the what if. So we do have to ask, what if Garfield's universe or Garfield's American adventure at Heartland was built? Could we could we have seen this being a huge success? Uh, what would you have liked to see like in a Garfield theme park? Uh, uh, I'm going to start you on uh, Ryan Estrada. I'm going to let you go first. You know, I think if you could get like put someone in charge of it that's creative, I think you could make something really interesting. I think you were talking before about how it attracts like shady businessmen. Like, uh, you know, I'll I'll talk a little like I have experience with that, with the Garfield comic that I made um, about how uncreative people turn to Garfield because they didn't make money off it. I, I didn't get paid for any of the Garfield stuff, nor was it published. Uh, I still got to make it. But uh, it's just he found out it was a license he get, and he somehow like Jim Davis. I think just is so interested in like in all of that, in how like people come up come to him with ideas, and it, it seems like if you can sell him an idea, you could be Nickelodeon or you could be some like weirdo with a dream. Mm-hmm. And so like um, uh, this is going off on a tangent, but <laughs> this is an interesting story. So he. Uh, at first, I was asked if I wanted to illustrate cards for a Garfield board game, and so I said, "I'll." Uh, I said, "Sure," and then I found out they weren't paying me. Uh, they not only were they like not going to, but they had no intention of even offering to pay me. But I'm like, it's one drawing. I don't know. I mean, it's I, my my childhood self would murder me if it if uh, if I knew I I had turned down the chance to draw Garfield. So I volunteered to draw the Lyman card, and he said, "Your pay for this is that you can draw." any Garfield strip and we'll publish it in like, they did a, uh, a like a book of like a monthly, like newspaper style book of uh, strips. And he's like, I have the Garfield license for comics. You can literally draw anything you want. And I'm like, so my pay is I get to do more work for you. But then I also <laughs> thought it was weird that like there, I literally said you can make anything you want. Like there are no restrictions. I don't need any approval for anything that I'm doing. Like that doesn't seem like the best way to, do this i think jim davis might care but um so he said i can do anything so that's when i I got to like i went nuts and like like i said researched all the old characters and brought back all those characters and like made things canon that i wanted canon and then that also was never published and never offered any pay and then i i saw the guy who uh who commissioned it on the people's court being sued for uh, screwing over artists and not paying them <laughs> and trying to uh, s- trying to steal their IP and like trick them. In- and there's another guy tricked into a contract uh, where he stole the entire IP uh, for his comic uh, where he snuck it into a contract for a board game. And like he was, he's getting screamed at by the judge on people's court. So I'm like, Oh, this is a very shady man. <laughs> so I think that like, if it's the kind of person, if that's the kind of person that's in charge of this park, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. But if you get someone who like just cares enough to like, let's figure out what the, what people like about Garfield. Let's figure out what kind of a story we can tell through these rides, and uh, you know what's rec- you know, not Arbuckle's picnic coaster. That doesn't sound <laughs> I, people who's even going to know that has related to Garfield unless they're a nerd. Um, uh, which I'm a nerd. I would be like Arbuckle's picnic coaster. <laughs> but I, I would I would be interested as a reader, but not as a like. I wouldn't invest in that. I'll say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to see uh, something that found a way to tell a story. Right. I don't think that answered your question at all, but that was my answer. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's it's what you want to see in a Garfield immersive theme park. Uh, what about you, Dorman? You think this would have been a success? Well, now I'm hearing straight from the source that Garfield businesses are just horrible and evil. And like so far, we've talked about not all of them, of course, right? But most of them, you know, the people aren't being paid. They're doing Uber Eats with Garfield. And uh, yeah, I think that if they had built this, the thing that stands out the most to me is that outside of being a Garfield fan um, and outside of my knowledge of the Garfield fan community, Indiana seems like a very weird choice for your premier Garfield experience. I know that it's the the whole situation with where it was made and Jim Davis's history, but it does feel weird that like one of the most iconic comic book characters of all time, or comic strip characters, excuse me, is getting its premier location in the middle of the country, where I don't think many people are going to actually foot traffic it which makes me wonder if the budget was going to be way lower than we're giving it credit for but that irma's diner wouldn't have just been like a stand-up 
you know yeah um, i remember this entire project cost 120 million dollars uh, like and nothing. that was 1993 that's it's it's nothing for like you know disney quality entertainment so it's not don't expect like something extravagant but i don't think we're really talking about tokyo disney sea or even even disney california adventure <laughs> sure stuff. like here yeah, we're we're talking very woodsy probably pretty cheap stuff but you yeah. could still make stuff on a smallish enough budget i mean you could take a look remember we were talking about lost island a year ago and um as much as we make fun of it it's still not doing great but uh it was produced on a 100 million dollar budget uh so i mean that's that stuff can carry you a little bit well it is and i'm not quite here to say like it would have been six flags level cheap although Uh again i'm i can't say i'm hearing incredibly good things about uh, yeah. the way some of the Garfield business works. But primarily, I think the the question is, you know, it's funny that your response here is the Lost Island as yeah. the similarly uh, similar, similarly budgeted, right. uh, probably like what, Lost Island's like what, maybe half adjusted for inflation um, in like a similarly empty part of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about how they would pull people to this park. It was 40 miles from Indianapolis. So I have to imagine mm. that they had some sort of idea in mind. Of course yeah. there were NIMBYs. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was ironically, it was like uh, citizens against amusement park. And literally that acronym goes out to cope. Like, <laughs> um, so there were people against this, uh, and eventually, of course, it all fell apart. Uh, but uh, I do think that there, there's a, there is a possibility that this would have attracted traffic. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not that would have been because of Garfield, I don't know. I think I think he was still popular in the '90s, even though it feels like the '80s was really like the strongest garfield time mm-hmm. um but like in the 90s uh there was kind of like between the um garfield and french show and the uh and the garfield movies and the, the cgi stuff but overall uh, i i mean i would i would like it if i think like if they really could draw you into kind of i guess the world of garfield is hard to say i mean there's there's iconic stuff there it's like i would love to visit john's farm the parents fall, you know, would you, I don't know. I would, that would be nice. Hmm. I, I, I just think, like, the, yeah, go ahead. You know, I think, I think with all of this, like the, the main issue with Garfield, attracting, attracting people to amusement park is the entire idea of the brand is he's a character who doesn't do anything. That is true. Right. Yes. He's inactive. So I was trying to think of like, not uh, our book was pink but what, what would I do with a roller coaster? And I'm like, there's not a single character in Garfield who I can picture going on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you Garfield, cars. You make the Garfield's cars like taking a nap. You know, like, like yeah. Garfield would be like, no, I'm going to take a nap. John would be too scared. Like, like nobody would go on a roller coaster. And like, that's why the dark ride had to be like, Garfield's having a bad dream. Cause like he doesn't mm-hmm. move. That's his whole sure. thing. The that sleeping ride. Sure. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's the problem with a lot of these, and with newspaper comics, of course, you have many, um, many, many newspaper comics, fantastic, uh, fantastic fantasy. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Garfield is so grounded in basic, mundane reality. There's no peppering it around. Uh, even the Peanuts have the scenes where uh, uh, w- uh, Snoopy and Woodstock become, or well, Snoopy, I guess I should say, becomes the Red Baron yeah. uh, or fights the Red Baron. Either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, the, the point being, Irma's diner is just a diner, like a normal diner. And the farm, part of the reason why I was so surprised when you said you want to see the farm is that the farm is just a normal farm. I, I, I think it's because I'm so fond of that Christmas special. <laughs> That's all. Sure. That's well, then all. it yeah. almost seems like they should make a Garfield's Christmas Village or something Whoa. like that. You know, more so than. There's a giant. Okay. There's a giant grandma Arbuckle and I go into her lap. <laughs> Yeah, and, you can live yeah. that that dream of yours. And she tells me about her dead husband as that's, she pets me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a you thing. Um, 
I do think that in contrast to something like this, the future of Garfield uh, theme parks will probably be, and this is a pure hypothetical, if that Chris Pratt movie is particularly successful. Um, I know a lot of those Nickelodeon universe parks are flat rides, lightly themed yeah, to Garfield. So that's probably if there ever is another Garfield theme park attraction mm-hmm. is what we'll be seeing. Yeah. is some kind of a spinner or a wild mouse Probably uh, a wild yeah. mouse. Now that I think about it, Kenny uh, did have Kenny, and this is t- covered in the Defunct Land episode. There was a frog hopper themed to Garfield <laughs> that they did right. install that had a giant Garfield statue on the top of it. So there was at least like one other Garfield flat ride. But you're right; it is it is kind of hard to imagine. Like I have, I you know, there's some wild ideas you can do. Like maybe at Mama <laughs> Mama Leone's, they have like a lasagna challenge, and you have to eat the lasagna with your like I think you're putting more effort into this than they would have put into it. <laughs> you're right. I'm just like, I'm just like, what are the most bizarre ideas that you can do with a Garfield immersive experience? Well, and I, that's even, all I can think of. Even Mama Leone's like has, has never actually appeared in a strip. It's that's like true. a fact. Like, I mean, yeah. there, there, there. I think there, there were strips where like uh, he met his family in the like abandoned remains of that restaurant. And of course, there are no backgrounds, so they just say that they're in the restaurant. Like, but <laughs> but the fact that they're like, oh yeah, that's part of the lore. We're going to build it. <laughs> well, it is a question because my Garfield lore is a, a little bit out of date um, or just not informed. Mama Leone's is that ever featured in any Garfield material, the cartoons, any films, or is it just a something spoken and not ever quite shown? I, I thought it, there was uh, a Garfield special that portrayed him like being born in there. Or something like that? Maybe. I don't remember. I yeah. I just know I just know in the strip it was like I think it was his grandpa like described talked about how he was born there in a single yeah. panel. Uh, I do remember fifty the years ago or whatever. With his grandfather, yeah. Where yeah. like it's a the the comics start the same way every time. It's like grandpa, you're here, like over and over again. Right. Um, I'm excited for Sam Jackson the voice of the movie. Is that true? That is true. No. Yes. Really? That is, that is actually true. It's Samuel Jackson. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan Estrada, out of curiosity, if you did have to pitch any kind of Garfield theme park, quote unquote, activation, does anything come to mind? Because I, I don't even know what you would do with the brand, what anybody would do. I would make a Garfield napping zone for all the, oh. all the people, <laughs> like the exhausted parents or like the crying children. Like, there's a Garfield napping zone you can go to. There's statues of Garfield sleeping. There's a co- cozy beds and hammocks. That's what I would do. A Garfield napping zone. They give you a little. Uh, what's his What's his bear? Pookie. 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 Yeah. yeah, they give you a little Pookie. Yeah, hunch over your loaf into the box. That'd be. That'd actually be very nice. I would do that. I would, uh, I just keep like thinking of random shit that you would do at a Garfield, like immersive, like you would visit the club that John did that crazy dance in. And that's the one TV special with the Garfield the tie. The barrel. Yeah. <laughs> a Garfield cat cafe. Yes, that's right. That's there you go. See that I'm surprised doesn't exist. Like some horribly unlicensed breeding ground for tabbies <laughs> cat cafe that's my that's my house what are you talking about? <laughs> well i mean it's so unlicensed we're, we're really lucky that they didn't like just open just be like you took away our right to make a garfield park fine we'll we'll make her own uh because are you are you guys familiar what's what what's happened with garfield eats since they lost the license they did no. scooby eats right that that they did that for like a week and then that license got taken away and it's gotten so much do am, am i the one that gets to tell you about this if so i'm very excited i don't uh, know okay so I, I know about so, the scooby eats but i haven't well very much about it. Yeah. that was taken away too and so uh nathan masry the guy who created it had a mental breakdown mm-hmm. and uh created his own character called nathfield that's that right. is a draw a drawing of garfield with his hair and wearing his suit and he's created uh, he's creating an adult and animated web series for now it's a podcast uh, where um, he talks about how he doesn't need Garfield because Garfield's lazy. He Gar- Nathfield is a go getter and mornings get him hard. And um, <laughs> and it's all about how like it, there's a whole religious storyline where like God is going to cleanse the earth and only Nathfield can save us. And it's and he and he has his own Twitter account where he just mocks garfield and says like how dare they take him away from me and it is wild so we're very lucky we didn't get a just 
insane theme park, like bootleg, unlicensed theme park that people are dying on fake Garfield coasters. <laughs> Could you imagine the Nathan Masary Garfield theme park where they would, they would only sell coffee and uh, pizza, and that's all they would sell? Uh, <laughs> and you have to watch uh, crappy Garfield uh, clips of what a clips of Garfield and friends on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this Nathan Masary stuff. Uh, it's so sad. Like, isn't uh, the I think like the uh, act, uh, slogan for his restaurant was "Love me, feed me, don't leave me." That's it. Yeah. Oh, and Garfield left oh, him. He is taking it hard. Oh, heartbreaking. Nickelodeon destroyed him. Unfortunately, <laughs> he should just. I don't do think the restaurant was doing great before that. <laughs> no. Well, the thought, that's the same question. Is like, what is that? Oh my god, I found it. I found Nate. Sorry, I was looking for Nate Field, and I found the picture yeah. finally. That is worse than I could have imagined. <laughs> his, oh, I love part. He, he's, I think, tearing apart Jim Davis. This what? guy's awesome. You know, this guy should have made the park. <laughs> I would have loved this. I like it. The world is a catastrophe, and Mayfield in an orange suit will clean it up in his new podcast show and a new animated adult comedy series coming soon. Baby boomers destroyed our world. It's time to clean up. (laughs) Well, he's not wrong there. (laughs) I think, like, something really happened to the world. I don't know. What happened? <laughs> this is uh, oh my! I'm sorry. As you're talking about this, it's a bitch of a world, and Nathfield will purify it. I would. I would. Yes. This guy's got two hundred and thirty thousand followers on this account. God, have you seen the piggy? The what? The meet the lazy ugly piggy Reddit troll and cyber hacker <laughs> Bill Kramer trying to intergage the world online with his inflammatory, irrelevant, and other disruptive content about Nayfield destroying for good. So yeah, so that's a re- that's a real guy who that's a real guy who criticized uh, Nathan Masri <laughs> online one time, and so he that is amazing. used his real name as an evil pig who's trying to destroy the world through to trolling. Well, okay, I'm I'm convinced. Uh, let's let's uh, let's pause this. We give uh, Garfield's American Adventure to uh, Nathan Masri, but it is not. It's Nayfield's American Adventure, and mm-hmm. it is. It seems like uh, it fit with his, his thing, like his whole like s- savior of the world. I'm sure Nayfield's American Adventure would be fascinating. Yes, it would. Yeah, you could uh, you could go into the dark ride and, and be a shooting dark ride, and you would kill Bill Kramer the. Online <laughs> troll. There, there's so many fascinating things you could do with Garfield. <clears throat> um, there's so many things that you could do with Garfield. There's so many ways you could intersect. Very simple things. I think, unfortunately, in the day this day and age, uh, Garfield works as really good set dressing for pretty much anything. You know, I I grew up in an age where my the older teachers at my elementary school's walls were just plastered in Garfield, but not really younger people. You know, younger people didn't really care about Garfield, but some people had Garfield the football player and Garfield Garfield the artist and Garfield the good student, mm-hmm. and Garfield the driver. Um, it would be really hard nowadays, unless this new brand recreation takes off, to do anything like this original Garfield park. Um, maybe it, with this being successful, it would have changed people's perceptions of Garfield, but the, both of you can inform me because I wasn't alive yet. Um, in the 90s, was Garfield still a cultural phenomenon in the same way that people viewed his comics, or was it just that Garfield was a tchotchke phenomenon at that point? I would say that it wasn't a cultural phenomenon necessarily by that point, but I think he had firmly embedded himself into pop culture. It's sort of like mm. how The Simpsons was in the late 90s, where okay. it was st- it stopped being a super hot deal. But it was just something that people generally accepted. Uh, they reran uh, Garfield and Friends on Nickelodeon a lot, uh, kind of coincidentally, because you know he would become owned by Nickelodeon later on. So the 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 character really was relevant with those growing up in that way. Um, and of course, you know, you would have these classic book fairs that would also one of the popular things was Garfield comic books. And they would be very shiny and uh, very attractive and they're very easy reads. So it felt like it w- it still had a grasp on pop culture, even if it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know, um, Ryan Estrada, if you had a similar take on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of like the eighties and nineties, he was kind of, he was kind of looked at like not as a character, but as like a merchandising thing. Like he was like Hello Kitty, or he's like Mickey Mouse. He was just a a, a an illustration or a, a like a mascot kind of for for nothing, just like a mascot for his own comic. Because the the you know Jim Davis really set out to make the comic. You know, he didn't want a lot of lore. He didn't want a lot of story. He wanted it to be relatable. Like I think of comic strips a lot as kind of like they they function the same in the newspaper as like the um, horoscopes. Like you want to just make something that people look at and be like, that's me, just relatable. And so he didn't have a lot of stories. So Garfield was just like an ever-present image in people's lives that uh, a lot of people like grasped onto. So yeah, I think that's kind of where he was for a lot of it. And I, I, I really, like as a kid, like I loved the, like, you know, I dug into the lore. I'm like, they're not giving me much, so I'm going to dig into every bit of lore that I can. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, watch all the shows and, like, read all the backstrips and, like, figure all the characters that disappeared and all that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they, he, I think the 90s, I think he was still doing okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, I do have one pitch, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware, uh, but recently uh, some a lot of theme parks are opening up uh, in a formerly not very populated area of the world, which is why Garfield sent normal to him all the time. Uh, and that is Abu Dhabi. I'm about to do my famous kitten mailing routine. No, Garfield. Where do you want to mail me? Where? Where else? Maestro? Abu Dhabi. It's far away. Abu Dhabi. That's where you'll stay. Abu Dhabi, the place to be for any kitten who's annoying me. Yeah, Abu Dhabi, way off the track. Abu Dhabi, now don't come back. Abu Dhabi, what a great thrill for any kitten who can make me ill. Uh, SeaWorld Abu Dhabi and Warner Brothers Movie World Abu Dhabi uh, have both recently opened, uh, and I think it would be a perfect opportunity. Garfield finally sends Nermal to Abu Dhabi, and (laughs) we open up Nermal's universe, and it is the most adorable place on Earth. Uh, and I think this would be a big success. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys agree. Uh, of course, it would have to be all indoors, as uh, Abu Dhabi is. Uh, all these theme parks are just like all indoors because the heat is absolutely intense. Uh, but uh, that I really think that's that's the spot for Garfield now is Abu Dhabi. Uh, and it's just like you go in there and the <laughs> and the entrance is a giant crate. Uh, you enter in and that's where that's where normal is and uh and garfield is unfortunately pouting that uh normal actually got to abu dhabi and is having a blast i don't know about you all but uh that that's that's what i would love to see i think garfield I was I, actually based yeah. in united arab emirates so yeah. normal was right it was yeah i mean <laughs> funny it's like i I don't know how popular Garfield is in Abu Dhabi, but like I can imagine spending like millions of dollars on this theme park and then people are like, what is this? And you got to be like, <laughs> okay, so 40 years ago, this guy named Jim Davis thought the word Abu Dhabi was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote it in a panel and now it's a thing. I don't know. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is funny. So this isn't Abu Dhabi, but they're actually, now that you mention it, it is vaguely interesting to think about this. Uh, I wonder if Garfield stuff would be more popular in uh, China. Actually, and I wonder if there would be does, potentially a future for Garfield a theme park in China. Does uh, Garfield is Garfield really popular in China? I actually have no idea. I'm reading now that at one point Garfield: The Tale of Two Kitties outsold The Lion King in China, <laughs> and how it was incredibly successful over there because because it's a it's a nice little animal, like a little cute mm-hmm. animal plushie. Yeah. Um, those tend to do well. In, They're in like just the, huge these. fans of Breck and Meyer. That's all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Garfield is pretty. Yeah, Garfield. It could be big in outside of the United States. Maybe it's saturation, and that's part mm-hmm. of the problem. Is when you talk about what if this thing had been built, you know, presupposes that a theme park might not have been the thing to push Garfield completely over the threshold into mm-hmm. complete brand saturation uh where everybody kind of steps back and say all right hold on a lot of garfield stuff happening right now (laughs) and like ryan estrada said before not that funny sometimes when you go back and look at it Mm -hmm. garfield's like a pleasant surprise you open up the sunday paper and there's the orange cat and then you close the paper and you go about the next 23 hours and 59 minutes of your day Mm um but it is you know I do wonder if you open up a full thing for Garfield, 
would you see that same problem? Uh, counterpoint is, of course, the peanuts. So mm-hmm. I suppose it could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I think the, the thing with Garfield is like when you read a Garfield strip, you're not like, that is hilarious. You're like, I got to spend 30 <laughs> seconds with my good friend Garfield. And I feel yes. good about that. He's a nice boy. <laughs> I, I like the, the way of thinking. That makes a lot of sense, I mean, actually, yeah. because you read. I think I feel the similar way about um, the Peanuts yeah. and like Family Circus. Not that they're all the same stylistically, but that when I read a Peanuts cartoon, I I end up sitting back and saying, "Well, that was nice. I like Charlie Brown. He's sweet mm-hmm. and and annoying." Uh, Heathcliff <laughs> is the only comic I think that I actually still enjoy reading, just out of a pure pure morbid curiosity. Mm-hmm. I I think Peanuts. There's a lot of peanut stuff that's very wry and yes. droll, and it's completely opposite of Garfield, which is so much more sarcastic and obvious. Like, here's, 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 okay, this will date it, but this is today's Garfield comic, okay? <laughs> Garfield is at the windowsill looking out bored, and you hear to the side, uh, it's presumably this is John, and he goes, ow, hot sidewalk. Ow, ow, fire ants, ouch, mosquito, ow, 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 sunburn. And Garfield turns to the reader with a big smile on his face and going, ah, the sounds of summer. So pretty much uh, Garfield is a sadist, and uh, that's that's a joke. <laughs> that is the joke. And yeah, and it's like, it's not particularly well thought out. It's just kind of mean. Uh, and whereas Peanuts had more, has more of a really like uh, wittiness and a, more of a soulfulness to mm-hmm. the way that it took in the misery of Charlie Brown because he was so neurotic about things. Whereas Garfield is just kind of purely mean spirited. And uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the difference between it. But I guess America kind of loves a mean spirited lazy cat. So uh, China does too, I guess. So I, I really don't know what to say here. Well, I think, you know, I, I, I didn't have a good answer before when you asked me what I would do with a Garfield ride. But I think mm-hmm. the Garfield ride that I think would be fun is you'd have to lean into Garfield being lazy and not doing anything. Hmm. So, like, I, I was thinking of, like, you know those rides where it's, like, an interactive, like, game where you, like, have, like, gun in your cart and you've got to, like, shoot things and get points and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what if you did one where you went to the house and every room was a different house and it was the house was full of mice Ooh. and Garfield was not going to do anything about it, so it was oh. up to you. And in every room, like, all this stuff's happening and Garfield's just, like, in the background taking a nap. Next room, he's, like, sitting there quietly eating some food and, like, never interacts with you. And oh. he's just always there doing nothing and you're doing all the work. It's it's like the E.T. ride and you're on this vehicle, but in front of you. So in the E.T. ride, I'm not sure if you're aware of this on in the Universal E.T. ride. Uh, you're on a bunch of bicycles and E.T. is in the basket in front of you. And he carefully like pops his head up and going E.T. phone home. Uh, but instead, it's Garfield in a bed and he just kind of pops up. Mm, all right, cool. Keep going. And he's just napping the entire ride in front of you. That That's what I would like. That would be awesome. So you're riding with Garfield, but he's doing nothing and commanding you to do stuff. That would be cool. What about you, Dorman? I was actually, sorry, it just like snapped into my head. I don't know why. Um, Do you all remember the Garfield ride they were planning to build? By the way, Ryan Estrada, that's an excellent idea. And unironically, I think that might be the best idea you could do with a Garfield ride. Um, I actually quite like that. But do you remember the actual Garfield attraction that was planned in Six Flags in China? Six Flags in China. I know of this. Yes. The Six Flags. Uh, yes, that's I'm right. Not pronounce there was it. I'm there sorry. was animatronics shown in Iapa. Yes. Uh, yes. There were really nice animatronics shown in Iapa. Um, it's called Garfield's Underwater Adventure. Yes. And the Garfield must the plot of the ride is that guests must board submarines to help Garfield, Odie, and John get their sunken lunch basket back. What's fascinating, and this calls back to something Ryan Estrada said a lot earlier, is that Garfield is universal and they put him in outfits because he can do whatever, he's marketable. In this Garfield is a fisherman, and uh like his outfit is a little fisherman's outfit. But Garfield isn't a fisherman. Like in the comics, Garfield would sit there by the water 
and lay down because the lasagna would have to be brought to him, right? He doesn't catch fish. That's the bit. But in the ride, Garfield is uh, the exact opposite. So mm-hmm. sometimes I guess predicting these Garfield rides is tantamount to yeah. just putting him in a position. I guess there's really nothing Garfield can't do. Yeah, I guess this is going to be okay. This is interesting. Like on Wikipedia, uh, there's actually like the entire experience. Uh, apparently, go- construction on Garfield's underwater adventure was half finished at Sally Dark Rides studio but like six flags jaylen uh kind of fell apart but here's the cue as guests approach the rides facades they will be greeted by four different animatronics garfield odie john and a fish inside there will be a queue themed after a submarine interior and will feature three more animatronics of garfield john and odie some of the justice league battle for metropolis there will be tv displays that detail the story mission and game strategy and then the ride after the ride vehicles dispatched the ride will feature five large interactive 3d projection screens throughout the ride there'll be 12 different animatronic underwater sea friends during the ride itself or nearly end three more animatronics of garfield odie and john appear like this is pretty ambitious although it's very weird of doing a garfield ride that is in the water Mm. I, just such an odd idea but it is the animatronics actually were kind of cool and thank you for reminding me about this doorman uh yeah. uh ryan estrada i don't know if you are you aware of this have you seen this no i haven't seen this but i mean yeah it, it shows that the kind of like knots you gotta twist yourself into when you have a character that never leaves his bed mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta be like i don't know if they drop the picnic basket in the water i don't know yeah. yeah, yeah. Basic. Well, it's weird. The theme land here we were talking about is Garfield themed to like Indiana with towns and mm-hmm. restaurants and things like that. And I suppose it's not the most interesting thing. It's not the most fantastical thing, but it is yeah. true to that kind of mundanity. mundanity. Yeah. Um, in China, the Garfield themed land was Garfield Beach, and Ryan, right, that actually Garfield might be Beach. something you can talk about one day and on Unbuilt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. But no, yeah, this, this was like a water-themed Garfield area. And I know there are ones, there are uh, uh, bits with Garfield at the beach that typically involve John There's hitting a, on women. The, the concept art is of a sandcastle and a giant Garfield with his paws open up wide, towering <laughs> over the sandcastle. Yeah, it's like a T-posing Garfield <laughs> sandcastle. This is amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Thank you so much. You 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 did uh better than I did. I completely blocked this from my memory. That's okay. Uh, this is the, the first re- time I've ever done research for <laughs> and I, it was mid show. Um but yeah, I think I think I mean we we've we've talked a lot about uh what would happen if the Garfield stuff was built, but the general consensus seems to be is that who knows? I, I think I'm now sold on this Garfield mice shooting attraction. <laughs> but actually, yeah. it works pretty well because you have Garfield is a lazy cat who doesn't catch mm-hmm. mice. and okay. Put a bunch of screens, throw it in Knott's Berry Farms, and you've it's, got yourself a ride. That's true. Okay, let's get it to build it or not. Uh, uh, Ryan Estrada, do, do you wish that uh, Garfield's American Adventure was built or not? I Yeah, sure. I do because, you know, now that like – Gar- like uh, Nickelodeon owns Garfield. All the Garfield stuff's gonna be a lot more safe. Um, like you, you met you, you were joking about how like all the Garfield licenses are shady. That is not the case. It's just that Jim Davis is a trusting person, and sometimes weirdos uh, convince him that they should have the license. But what I love about him, like he for forever, he has owned all the rights. He's handled everything himself, and he's taken weird risks. And there have been some very very weird odd Garfield things. And some of those are the most interesting parts of Garfield. So even if this thing was a hot mess, of course, I want to see how weird this thing gets. Like, I'm so happy that the terrible dark ride was made because even though I've never been to it, I so enjoyed watching like why it was, how bad it was and why it was so bad. And just, I would love to see it, see it happen. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dorman? I think that uh, I should agree with Ryan here. Um, it's a great point. And I, I hope, yeah, as somebody like yourself, who's w- of course worked with Garfield on the business end, but you know, is in the industry, I don't want to paint your comments as Garfield sucks. I hate Jim Davis. Obviously <laughs> you're saying something much more nuanced, um, but you're right. In, in, in the case of uh, everything I've seen about Garfield from the, from the, the, the kissing ride to the Quentin reviews videos he did to everything I just know about him, the risks taken by Jim Davis could only be done by a guy operating out of a small office uh, with just the intention to explore, I guess, the character and, and make a lot of money. Um, Nickelodeon, as we have seen, uh, Viacom and 
I don't know what is Nickelodeon under currently right now. Viacom. Who owns, yep. Yeah, Viacom. Um, yeah, I think that they are going to. You, you'll probably anticipate seeing in the future more Garfield attractions based on the newer properties, based on the 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 more familiar characters. I don't think you would get something as textured and characterized as this. Whether or not it would be a success, I, I can't comment. But the existence of it would be a, a nice little relic. And um, I don't know, I think we'd do a lot of justice to what Garfield may have once been. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I would say build it because why not? I want every, I want every Garfield thing. Build Garfield's Underwater Adventure. Build Garfield Beach. Build American mm. Adventure. Build uh, Ryan Estrada's uh, Mice Shooter Attraction. Uh, replace all theme parks with Garfield uh, because I would love Disneyland. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, the Haunted Mansion in uh, Magic Kingdom, uh, the Hatbox Ghost, no thanks. Uh, make it Garfield. Garfield appears in the Endless Hallway. Perfect. I would love it. Uh, that's that's all I want to see. Uh, yeah, turn it yeah. turn into that one creepy week where Garfield turned into a horror comic and then oh. never mentioned it again. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, make that make that into uh, Dark Ride. I would week. just I would love to see it because you are right that it's the character is so malleable that. Um, I'm just kind of endlessly fascinated with seeing what themed amusements could make out of it because uh, Garfield is both a delight and a meme and uh, we should fully embrace it in the insanity that comes out of him. Uh, so with that said, uh, thank you so much, everybody, uh, for entertaining our little um hour of cat craziness um ryan estrada uh feel free to plug yourself uh, uh what do you what do you want to plug uh well anything you want to know about me go to ryanestrada.com and there's lots of free comics you can read there including my uh entire page of garfield comics uh where you can see lyman come back and a bunch of graphic novels that I've made. You can find out about my books, such as Band Book Club, Occulted, Student Ambassador, The Missing Dragon. All sorts of stuff like that is available there. Uh, check that out. And I do want to make sure people know that even though I just spent an hour uh, um, cracking jokes about Garfield, I do love Garfield. And the thing I love about him is that because it's such a simple story where nothing happens, anytime they try to expand upon it, it gets real freaking weird. And I yeah. love it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. We so enjoyed having you on. It was a blast. Uh, but as for us, in the meantime, please follow us on social media, on Twitter, at UnbillPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at UnbillPod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you find this podcast. We currently have a Ko-Fi at Ko-Fi.com slash UnbillPod. For $3 a month, you can get bonus episodes. And for $5, you can also get your name read on the show we'd like to thank our current contributor joseph Antone. please write a review and tell us how we're doing and if you don't like us thank you for listening to garf cast i'm trevor alexander see you guys garfield and friends who are these friends and why haven't they brought food (laughs) 